Hello, this is your former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm calling to say welcome to the motorcycles and misfits from the recycle garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And remember, do not ride your motorcycle or sidecar without the proper endorsement. And get to the chopper now! Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage. So, in the house tonight, we have me, this is Eliza. Next up, we have Douglas. Hi. Jake. Hello. Speedo. Hey there. Knock. Yes. Stan. Howdy. Josh. Yo. Megan. Hi. Lucas. Adam. Well, hi, Mark. In the peanut peanut gallery, we got Jim. Hello. And then Zach. Good morning. So let's talk about what we did today, starting with the ride report, Douglas. It was fun. It was. Okay. <laughs> it was fun. It wasn't long enough. Yeah, it was a short ride. I heard it was. I heard there was some treacherous. Uh... When is it not treacherous when Doug leads a ride? Really, well, except when we're going like around this, <laughs> around to. Uh, I don't see anybody else raising their hand trying to lead rides. So. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not. It's. I'm cool with it. I'm just yeah. saying. It it put the fear of something into me that first turn. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> needed it. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Three of us slipped that front tire on that first turn. So. Yeah, I saw you going around the corner with your leg out. I'm going, oh, maybe I should do this, and like the front tire pushed out, and then Adrian did the same thing after me. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm very happy to say I've never been on an organized group ride. Oh yeah, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. it's organized. We, we organized. Leave, we leave organized. Yeah. I don't think I ever have. Either actually, been a lot of group rides, but organized is another story. Well, and I heard there was sausage involved. Yes. Yeah, went to the oh, meat market. Oh yeah, got some sausage. Yeah, that was some good stuff. Thank you yeah, for bringing good. some back for yeah, me. Yeah, totally. But yeah. the bread made it though. The bread is yeah, better well, than the sausage there. Yeah, well, yeah, what it was w- that? would have been even better if I remembered I had it, but <laughs> half an hour earlier. Lucas is signing. What the fuck that are he you wanting, man? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hmm? gotta wipe his mush mush we've turned lucas's mic off we're punishing him because he decided to go get food to eat right as we're ready to record you couldn't tell us you were ready to record it just happened (laughs) well we found out actually when you guys left it actually worked fine yes so thank you (laughs) so who worked on stuff today douglas you did stuff what'd you do um, I did a ton of shit, man. Your 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 pants shit. tell the story. Yeah, I got. I wanted <laughs> I wanted to wrap the exhaust on the XR six fifty R, so I, I bought some online, and it was this cheap roll of two by fifty foot, two inch by fifty foot roll of uh, you know the header wrap from from China. By cheap, it was like twenty five dollars, and it was black. It. So I bought it black. <laughs> And uh, I remember, like, dyeing my clothes in high school with RIT. I don't know if you guys ever use RIT. Yep. That's how I looked today. It was just covered in black. Because you get it wet when you before you wrap the pipe. So it fits better. And I'm just covered in black dye and fiberglass uh, <laughs> slivers. I can feel it in my hands and everything. Maybe I should have worn gloves. Yeah, your pants you are think so? I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna shower, sparkly now. Shower cold. I'm going to die of cancer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to have hands growing on your hands. Hey, cool. <laughs> And then uh, 
Jake, uh, you and Adrian and I took another stab at the XL175 oh trying to get God. the spark back. It, it was more like you and Adrian taking a stab at it. I just kind of went and got Did you stab it really hard? and So brave. the poor XL175 is such a lesson in everything. I finally told her, put it back together. I, I give up. We have checked every component individually itself is working, but as a team, there is no spark. <laughs> give it up. I'm taking it to Jim. It's always embarrassing when I take my bikes to him because then he... It says things like, uh, your carburetor was in backwards. That was also my fault, Liza. Liza did it <laughs> and it's like, oh, he must think we're a bunch it's of It's got to be like something super simple, too. Like like a background oh, or some shit like that. It's a <laughs> typical. And then uh, Sage came in. There was a, There's a lot of problems with headlights going out. I know that uh, Mason's headlight went out. We fixed it. Oh, what was wrong with Mason's headlight? Um, the the a actual <coughs> like switch in the ha handlebar controls, an entire trace had burned off of it. <gasps> so oh, really? we yeah. we we cut the wire. We found the wires, cut them, and rerouted them to a lamp pull chain switch that he has mounted on his handlebars <laughs> now. This is the coolest it's pretty switch ever. Uh, however, he's going to put a lucky rabbit's foot off the chain, you know, hook it right on. <laughs> however, we didn't realize we didn't realize that that actually connected to the entire lighting circuit and so now he has a headlight but has no running light or turn signals. Oh, oh man. Jeez. It's a constant debacle. He should just strip that entire thing and just redo it from the ground up. Well, he's he's going to get another set of controls and that'll fix but that. It's like too far gone now he's going to try and intertwine that with what's going on up there i don't Douglas, know Douglas, his headlight uh attachment for the wires he said melted right but the headlight didn't burn up the that switch is like the ignition is off that too on that bike yeah that's so a one so it's a 110 light then is he yeah. running ac well no the... it's the the headlight switch no, is like also to have the ignition on you have to have the Headlight switch, to yeah. Like it's a certain. It's setting. it's not only it's the kill switch as well as the headlight switch. Yeah, he's got a right. common it's ground. It's like a AC it's like a Tusca DC. or a Baja yeah. kit, right? It just. And we should say this is on his O2 WR426. Yes. What kind of bike is that? I don't know. Supermoto. Ah. It's a dirt bike. Yeah, it's yeah. a dirt yeah. bike. Yeah. Dirt bike. <laughs> the, the street tires. Yeah, and then Sage has had no headlight for a few weeks, and. uh I told Sage this could be simple or it could be complicated. Jim, you were helping me look at his bike. He's got a whole bunch of like wiring and relays and <laughs> I don't know what all these things are for. And um, I just found an, a, a wire that was hot and then I just did a splice <laughs> off of that God, and ran oh, it to the headlight. Really? It, was, it switched power. I'm like, just oh. splice another one in. It's, we could not figure Jesus. out what was going on, why his headlight wire keeps going out. So... Yeah, a quick splice and done. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> and, hey, at least I can say it that works. all of his other lights are still working. They work, all right. Uh, <laughs> at least he won't die on his way back home and get hit because he doesn't have lights on or whatever. Did anyone else work on anything today? Uh, I I messed around a little bit with uh, putting a new connector on my stator. Oh, that's right, Zach. You want to tell the story of your stator? I, I don't want to tell the whole story of my stator. My reg rack went bad, and I tested it, and it was bad. And I got another one, and it was cheap Chinese part that didn't really fit properly, so I spent three hours fitting it. And 
extending the wires and plugged that in and it died as soon as I started the bike. Just the new reg rec died. And so I checked the stator and the stator was okay. But I look at the stator connector and it is like halfway melted and the pins are coming out. So when I plugged the reg rec into the stator, hmm. it was only one wire that was actually connected. And so it must have dumped all the current from the stator into one wire and blown out a diode or where the current didn't follow the reg rec diode path correctly and so it killed the reg rec so here. i put on a new connector and i'll get a new reg rec and that should fix it hopefully yeah that magic smoke is a powerful thing man you got to be careful with <laughs> oh yes <laughs> magic well, smoke yeah we had a bunch of people here today oh and yeah. then we had a fun game of oh wait i did something i covered my seat okay i wasn't skipping you entirely oh, go ahead go I'm, ahead tell your I'm story i'm sorry i'm sorry i covered my seat that was it <laughs> it was it was laborious and my it was hands fun. hurt. It was fun, and uh, it still looks like shit. But it's okay. <laughs> Getting the wrinkles it's, out when you put a seat cover it, it over that wrinkles, hasn't been shaped or molded to your seat is almost impossible. It, it, it's wrinkle. It wrinkles where all my my taint would be. So I don't know. It might be an interesting ride. Just never get off the bike. I just I'll mm-hmm. never get off. I'll just idle it in the parking lot for twenty minutes and shit. That'd be rad. Um, I created a fun game called Who Can Pick Jim's Bike Up Off the Side Stand? <laughs> <laughs> While it's yeah. facing downhill. Yeah. yeah. Jim, that's a F800 GS. Yeah. And it's not even like a super heavy beamer though, right? That thing is so tall. I did I did I did play with the uh... So before I came down here today, I did my own oil change at my own shop. Yep. But when I did get here, I did play with a new toy. For the BMW, which is the Bluetooth-enabled GS911, downloaded and paid for the $10 app, and allows you to use a smartphone, plug the module in the diagnostic connector, and read live-time data from all the engine controls. It's pretty flicking slick. This it's is pretty a- cool. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. So wait, is this the new CAN bus stuff they're doing yes. with beamers now? Absolutely. Yeah, so the CAN bus controls an engine control module, an ABS module, an instrument control module, and you can basically, you know, use this by Bluetooth to, like, talk to your whole bike. Could really, you, could really you, that's pretty badass. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Could you potentially like alter fueling and stuff like on the fly if you wanted to? Like if it is not with the read, current, like right. Not with the current tool. The current tools being used are like point of use, like fooling the intake air temperature right, sensor okay. and things like that. But um, and they recently developed another tool you can use to actually um, piggyback and fuel and uh, fool the entire. Uh, Electronic or whatever the BMW fueling system this year yeah. is. Make it think it's a Honda or something. Well, it's actually a learning. It learns the, it learns the curve, and you can bias the entire curve. And a lot of people have actually said that versus the power commander, that they're actually throwing away their power commanders or selling them off. Wow. And, you know, which is interesting. I'll, I'll try Antonio's that someday when here. I get Come on in, dude. When I get Come on my in. money. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> sounded like a deer sit on a stool. You can be peanut gallery. Yeah. Nice to see you. Hey, so, um... That's actually a good timing because I wanted to read emails. Oh, we got a lot of really cool emails uh, recently. Megan, you want to? No, read? start with someone else. Mine's really long. <laughs> Just <a> study. <laughs> all, I think they're all long. Knock. Let's get yours over uh, with before you shit, get too I'm drunk. Like, uh, <coughs> I can't even read to be too late. I'm <laughs> illiterate. Okay, hello, friends. I'm. Taking the ice storm of 2015 to catch up on motorcycles and misfits podcast. Long time listener, first time, uh, first time emailer. I would call, but I'm afraid of listening to my southern twang recorded. Oh, <laughs> oh we like twangs. So I, I do. Here's you know, because I feel though, as your friends, as old our old friends, 
I'll tell you, you a little of my motorcycle history. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> DJ. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> see, this is, if you do it horribly enough, somebody else will do it for you. <laughs> because I feel as though you are old friends, I will tell you a little of my motorcycle history. Ever since I saw True Lies and The Great Escape as a little girl, I have dreamed of riding a motorcycle. When I would tell others of this dream, most would say, Why don't you get a scooter, little girl? To which I would reply, Why don't you shove a scooter up your ass? I spent seven years working my way through college. I rewarded myself after graduated after I graduated by purchasing a Suzuki TU250X. My Sicilian, then girlfriend, now wife, took a spill on it and decided that she then wanted a Vespa. I scoffed. Around the same time, I was riding home at a stoplight. A unique Italian motorcycle that I had never heard of stopped beside me. Immediately, I fell in love with the V-twin engine that reminded me of a vagina. (laughs) I later Googled the brand... Uh, and I decided I must have a Moto Guzzi. It nice. became my up-the-butt bike. I researched uh, for over a year to find a nicely priced used V7 classic. Uh, wanting to ride with my girlfriend, partner, slash wife, I found a cheap Vespa ET4 and bought it for her. That was nice of her. The first time I rode it, my life forever changed. I fell in love and have never had more fun on two wheels. I soon discovered that the 150 scooter was much faster than my 250cc motorcycle and way more fun. I began to go to the Vespa for my daily commute instead of the Suzuki. Soon thereafter, I I purchased that used Moto Guzzi V7 Classic. I am 5'2", 115 pounds, and I was intimidated by the 31-inch seat height of a 745cc bike. However, I found that Vespa handled more similarly to the Moto Guzzi than the Suzuki. Now I have become a Harley-Davidson owner of a... Now I have become the Harley-Davidson owner of a Vespa owner. (laughs) I drink my morning coffee out of my Vespa coffee mug while wearing my Vespa pajamas. (laughs) I feel that riding the Vespa makes me a better motorcycle rider. I have since added a 2013 S54V to the stable, and needless to say, there is a for sale sign on the TU250X. Thanks to Bagel for representing. Also, thanks to Knock for giving me the surprise, motherfucker, (laughs) (laughs) to incorporate in my daily speech. (laughs) Love the show. Thanks for doing it, Courtney. P.S. For those whom ask why a Harley engine doesn't remind me of a vagina, I reply, because it's like scissoring, and that really doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that can't be true. That can't be true. I heard other stories. Porn lied to me. <laughs> Give her a surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. That shit don't happen. Surprise. Jake, you got the next one? Oh, man. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Alrighty, this is from Peter Stockus. Talk louder. Okay. Outside voice. <laughs> Talk louder. Yeah. Dear Recycle Garage, <laughs> Liza, just wanted to drop a line to y'all from Nashville, which has currently been a frozen wasteland. I've been riding for about three years and jumped headfirst in engine rebuilding and maintenance. Despite so many setbacks, I've learned an immense amount over the past few years and even managed to split the case on my 1975 KZ400 and replaced a snapped camshaft chain. Why did the cam change snap, you ask? Because I messed up everything, replacing a head gasket and the camshaft cog popped loose. Nothing like repairing one problem, creating two more, and learning the ins and outs of your motorcycle in the process. I'm writing because I wanted to let you know how great it is to have people representing the motorcycle community who are progressive, intelligent, and also have a great sense of humor. Intelligent? Intelligent. What? (laughs) You listen to the right podcast? What? (laughs) 
I'm a strong advocate of LGBTQ rights, pro-choice, and just generally progressive causes. Sometimes I feel alienated as the moto world can be such a meathead place, but it's really inspiring and wonderful to hear you all speak once a week. And despite the jil- despite the dildo jokes, I think the shop stands as a great beacon. <laughs> stands as a great beacon to those of us in the motorcycle community with progressive and critical leanings. While I identify as a cis male, I truly appreciate you for being such a voice in the moto community, and there are plenty of us out there who really appreciate it. Also, I gotta give my motorcycle group Pseudomoto a shout-out. I am originally from Chicago, and when I moved to Nashville, I couldn't find a better group of intelligent and helpful people in the world. Lastly, up the butt bikes. H1 or H2 Kawasaki Triple, or an RZ350. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotta love a two-stroke, and the triples sound so crazy when they're running. Hope all is well, and thanks for everything. Best, Peter Stockus. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, thanks, Peter. Thank you. That was awesome. All right, Megan, you have our next? Okay, this is from Big John in Mississippi. Big John. Big John. So this is what he said. Um, I caught the comment on one of the latest podcasts about Ducati owners being kind of snobbish, and I pretty much agree. But I am... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I am way in the minority. My 999 is the 26th motorcycle I have owned in 24 years and my first Ducati. I am way from being a wealthy man and I am just a small town cop in Mississippi and have to finance every bike I have ever known. The name on a tank is uh, one of the last things I have considered when buying a bike. I got the fever for a Ducati after I started being a fan of MotoGP some eight years ago. To me, they are one of the most visually stunning bikes you will ever see. But unlike the loud pipes, save lives crowd, they have the nuts to back the sound up. They are rolling pieces of art, and the fit and finish along with the technology in the latest versions is just beyond cool. The -the up-the-butt bike for me would probably be the 1299 Panigale, but to be honest, given my lard-ass size, my 999 with bar risers is the most comfortable (laughs) sport bike I have ever owned, not to mention easier on the insurance budget than the 848 and uh, up models. I have loved every bike I have ever owned, but it has just been a natural evolution to the point I am now. I am at now. I am 53 and have been riding for 25 years and own a 2008 GSA and a Ducati 999, which I use for track days and the occasional bike night and coffee shop sprint. The GSA is the do-everything-else bike. Your podcast and Cleveland Moto podcasts are my favorite, and I look forward to them each week. Watch the very first part of the Peter Fonda movie Easy Rider. When uh, When he pulls out onto the road, tosses his watch away, and rides off that's going to be me in a little over a year when i retire i will be making my way west and plan on stopping by your shop to say hello so when you see a big bald so when you see a big bald goofy redneck wrapped in a narrow stitch catalog show up at your door just hand him a cold beer sorry we have not been able to get together on a call in but life is hectic right now please keep up the big work and see you all soon big john mississippi thanks for writing in big john i should take this moment to mention he has the same up the butt bike as me Buddy. <laughs> Actually, I changed my up the butt bike to the S1000RR, but uh, before I said the super, super fucking pound, uh, Panigale Super Ligera. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, preemptive uh, congratulations to a retiring dude. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks yeah, for man. emailing. Yeah, totally. And I have one more email, but this one's a little different. I actually wrote an email in, so I was. Everyone's. <laughs> Did you order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug, oh, no. you're gonna be the doghouse for that one now. I wrote an email to <laughs> Ballistic about my batteries. Oh. And I said, all right, here's the deal. Did it tell you to kick rocks? Is that? Let, bought, let let the lady speak. I we'll bought a first out. battery. I used my own charger. Killed the battery. My mistake. Got a second battery. 
charged it on the new ballistic charger I had, but forgot to plug in the sensor port, <clears throat> sensor wire, killed that battery. My learning curve, my bad. Got my third battery in oh, there. Man. <laughs> Turned it into a volcano of poisonous gas. This is not my fault. And he responded with, um, sorry, you're having trouble with your battery, but what you are describing is a hard short in your motorcycle. Mm. Any lithium battery will do that when shorted. This is a condition that is 100% not covered under warranty. Bummer. But you have had three batteries thus far, and we would like to help you. <laughs> so they're taking pity on you now. <laughs> so, riding motorcycles. We're going to give you a new battery, but make sure you get your electrical squared away. This is your one-time get-out-of-jail-free card. Hey, wow. Oh, that's nice. Liza, cool, that's pretty cool. I've got to say, don't feel too bad. We just exploded a six-cell lipo in the air on a copter. Really? <laughs> and that went down the burning. burning. That, that must have looked pretty cool. I wasn't there for it, but I saw the aftermath pictures and it made me want to cry. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was Jason at Ballistic, and I did not tell him what a prominent figure of the motorcycle community I am. <laughs> <laughs> or which community you're in. <laughs> so, um, I, but I really appreciate that. So, hopefully... Yeah, don't fuck this next uh, one up. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. So, uh, next on our agenda is time for the Craigslist Porn Pick, Pick of, of the Week! It's like so, Pee-wee's Playhouse in here. <laughs> the word of the day. What I found... <laughs> so, for those who don't know, the Porn Pick of the Week is a bike under $500 on Craigslist. And I actually went looking up in Portland uh, just because I was recently up there. That's and that's probably oh my God. what I found was a barn find oh, they in 1971 CT 70, a trail 70 for $450. Mm. But the engine turns over. It doesn't start or does it just turn over? It just turns over. Okay. It needs to be cleaned out and everything. But I mean, Douglas can attest these things are pretty bulletproof. This we looks like the one that, that you owned that got stolen. <laughs> I bet you it is a stolen one. Yeah, they rode it to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> these Trail 70s, their value is pretty high because all the old farts like me had them when we were kids and we want them again now. So Instead of just getting a modern pit bike that will go twice as fast and weigh half as much. It's all about yeah. the classics, Doug. <laughs> oh, but we had... And the interesting Come shit. Come on, Doug. You can't tell me you miss all the no, stupid fun I, we had. Of course I do. You could just, just like... Get a Grom. Jeez. You can run these things into the ground and they come back for more. It's great. I know. So if you are up in the Portland area, check on Craigslist and Beaverton. This one's, this one's in pretty rough shape, though. Mm, it's complete except for the headlights. It's it's a complete something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the way I figure if the seat is intact, you can go you're doing downhill. Good. You can go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's get to our guest here today is Adam. And Adam came to uh, tell us his story, and, and we thought we'd start with a get to know Adam. Hello. So, welcome, Adam. You live up in San Francisco? I do. SF native all my life. Um, 
You're not a tech bro. Legit. No, 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 not a tech bro. He like fights the tech bros. Although, although where I'm going with my with my business, I'm not sure. It's questionable. So we'll see how how quick I get called on it. You're you're not a tech programmer. No, no, programmer. I love that word. I guess how I got into motorcycles was I I couldn't afford a car at the time and. Um, my mother and father at the time said, "Get good grades, or you won't be able to drive." And of course, I we should mention I did your mother get, is yeah, she's over in the corner the here watching. <laughs> Mother's next to me here, and of course, I did not get good grades, so they didn't, <laughs> I did not drive. Uh, but eventually, uh, I managed to find. I should back up a little bit. I have always been a a, a really big fan of. Uh, from a young age, the whole macho image of motorcycles and all that nonsense that went with it without really understanding what it is to actually ride. Yeah. So I went out and I found the first cheapest, crappiest motorcycle I could find. What was it? It was a Suzuki 88 LS650 Savage. Oh, single. Or single, yeah. yeah. Those are pretty cool, actually. Belt drive. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> in, in purple, in purple. Oh, hey, the, purple bike club. You're yeah. doing the Prince thing, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> if I was that cool, it would have been all right. But yeah. no. So it gets better though. So I I go to a thrift store and I pick up some leather pants with stitching on the side. <laughs> That's my idea of gear. Oh, nice. And my father's old like 1980s white. Vespa helmet or what was it, Pook or something? He drove up. Right, cool. But no visor on it, no padding inside the helmet. I show up to pick up this bike, and the guy's obviously just just trying to offload it. Yeah, barely runs. I can't drive back to my house, so he has to drive back for me. (laughs) (laughs) But get it back to the house. I spend the next two months working on it, getting to know the bike. Which is probably a good thing that it didn't ride right away, because I would have just destroyed it. But, honestly, pretty good bike for a first bike. I mean... Yeah, it is. It's got a really good motor. They're kind of funky-looking bikes. Yeah. I mean, it's not a looker. Yeah, they're a little low, a little skinny, but a great motor. 650 single. Well, yeah, I mean, like, one cylinder, four valves, boom. Basically, I just couldn't hurt myself on it, which was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is something I could flat foot. It's surprisingly the bike I learned the most about riding on. Yeah. Up until later on when I had my Ducati. Mm. So I went from the LS650 Savage to a CB1100F horrible idea. Oh, horrible idea for a new rider. It's like a 80? 83. 83, okay. So they only made this bike one year. Okay. So finding parts. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to find parts. So. Ended up high-siding that thing in the rain. Yeah, not good. Bought a second one. (laughs) You're you're seeing a pattern here. It's just a series of bad decisions. (laughs) But the second one I got was absolutely beautiful. Immaculate collector's item bike with a bum engine. So I just swapped the engine from the first one to the second one. Oh, perfect. Learned a lot riding that bike, but it was... Like flogging an elephant trying to ride this bike because it's it weighs like what five hundred pounds I don't know yeah um, heavy heavy bike I like though that you were right right into wrenching on these bikes too well that was the whole thing I was always very physical I mean mm-hmm. I was about my hands I was a a line cook that's what I did for my living so I was always kind of into getting in, into the nuts and bolts of whatever you were doing so um, and then from there I have to think that I took a pause from riding because. 
think I lost my job or something like that, but I, and I had a low side with the, with the Honda and spent about maybe six months not riding and then eventually picked up a Ducati Monster 900 IE 2001, which I have to say is the most awesome bike I've ever ridden. I, I loved that bike. That was such an awesome bike. Yeah. Jim, don't you have, which model is yours? I just parted out the 93 M900. Yeah. yeah. It's a great bike, the M900s. I kept the 06 S2R1K because <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> and how long did you ride that bike? <clears throat> I think about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that like? Well, that was that's like my, that big, was like my that's coming into jump. my own bike. Yeah, that's that a big was... jump from a CB eleven hundred. I mean, I've always kind of had the theory too: if you start on these big old heavy Hondas and then you move on to like a sport bike, you can handle anything. Well, you know, it was more of like a the CB eleven hundred F was kind of like a. That was, that was like what did I what I wanted as like my dream bike. I was like, oh, it's such a classic. It's beautiful. I right. gotta get this. But in hindsight, it was the wrong decision to make because I was buying a sculpture. I wasn't buying a motorcycle. Right. You know. Right. That's a good point. It looks good in your garage. Exactly. But to ride that thing that and, and in front of Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, after that point, the the nine hundred IE was was really the right bike for me. So, um, what was one of your biggest riding achievements? Have you done like a great distance or a great speed? I would have or... to say owning a road. Really, just like knowing that you you were Laps on comfortable <laughs> on a road. And I, I there was about four or five friends that we always rode together. So we'd go up Highway One, Point Reyes Station, right. uh, Lucas Valley Road. And I never go. I never went south much. I, I did 17 once or twice, but I've, I've got to say, nighttime on 17 is better than daytime because there's no trucks. Nobody out oh, there. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else did we do? We Mount Tam was every Sunday. We do we do Mount Tam, which was awesome. Oh, that's a great ride. I too. love Mount Tam. Now you're an active member on the Barf uh, forum. Is this where you were meeting uh, a lot of <laughs> the Barf? Yes. Surprisingly, is this where you no. meet a lot of your no, riding buddies? No, uh, surprisingly, all my riding friends were high school friends. Oh, cool. So they're people I'd known since, some of them actually before high school. Barf was where I went for the garage. I, I joined up there saying, like, hey, I need help figuring out a problem with this or that. And usually it was a very quick response on, on like, here's your problem. And... The first one was reg wreck problem with a Honda. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. that's uh... <laughs> should be a sticky by now. Yeah, and <laughs> if you own a Honda, read this. Of course, yeah. we have to ask you. And, and Mom, I apologize. He he understands this question. You may not. What is your up the butt bike? You know, so I've got a I've got a number of up the up the butt bikes, and it'll make a little more sense later, I think. But so if I. If I bought a bike right now, it would probably be the the Kajiva Mito 125. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just so beautiful. Yep. Oh, yeah. I saw one And that's a bike you could thrash if you were riding it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically a a shrunken version of a Duck 996. Yep. Or, or, or 916, actually, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I saw sorry, one of those. Yeah. yeah, I saw one of those in uh, BMW Rally in Oregon with ape hangers. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? A guy had ridden all the way across country <laughs> that hurts on me. a Mito 125 with eight hangers. Did he bring an extra piston with him? I mean, geez. Like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. 
Yeah, it's okay. a little this tiny. This thing looks oh, like it would run circles around yeah, the ground. Yeah, yeah, no, they're cool. Those those two stroke one twenty fives are pretty badass. You know, yeah. like uh, the Aprilia. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! But realistically, and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but you'll understand why later. It's yeah. got to be the Polaris slingshot reverse trike. Yeah, those are cool too. Hmm. Reverse trike. from watching those. Reverse trike. So, like, what's the difference between that and a Can Am? Oh, well, the, the Can Am you kind of sit on. The slingshot you sit in. Oh, so it's got like a kind of a bucket seat. Yeah. Type well, it's yeah. a two-seater roadster. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. two in the front, one it, in the back. Isn't yeah. it like a track car? Well, I guess that you what could call it similar to like the the KTM, uh, what's it? Expo, yeah. Crossbow, Crossbow yeah. whatever yeah. you call it. But except there's one in the back instead of two wheels. Yeah. You ever heard of this thing called a mono tracer? Yeah, that thing is ugly. <laughs> hey, hey, sorry you know if you sorry sorry to the people that designed that, but I'm not driving a football. I think <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'd drive a hot dog like an Oscar Mayer wiener car for sure. But to me, it looks like an Audi that they just like chopped in half lengthwise. So well, what's kind of cool. cool about it is it's got the outriggers that drop down on the side, yeah. right? And, and you can like yeah. lean with it, you know, unlike a trike, which is cool, you know. Looks like a. But mile. it does look like a big white football. So it's a hundred <laughs> mile an hour suppository. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the reason we also asked you here is because you have an epic crash story. Yes, epic crash story. So tell us about your crash. This was on the Ducati, right? This was on the Ducati. So back in 2011, I had. Uh, I've got to think about the best way to start the story. Um, you're, should we start with you're going down the street? That's <laughs> usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. you, know, you got to start with no, you started I mean, the motorcycle. The, the most interesting part about it was I was coming from the DMV oh, right. to fix a loss of consciousness thing from that first high set I was talking about earlier on the Honda, which is why I took that six-month break, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. okay. So I, I uh, had to go to the DMV to sort out a loss of consciousness uh, I forget what they call that, where you have to meet with some sort of I hearing officer and they talk to you about... I don't know what this is about. Mm. Yeah, you have to meet with a hearing officer and oh, they really? talk to you about why it happened and you have to get a doctor's note and you bring it over to them and then they grill you on it. And uh, On my way home, I stopped at Good Luck Dim Sum, shout out for my favorite dim sum place <laughs> in San Francisco, <laughs> on Clement and... <laughs> what is it? Funston? Sounds good to me. Anyway, it's right it before Parker mouth. Studio. I'm traveling okay. west on Clement Street. And as I travel towards Parker Studio, an SUV cuts out from the right side. And there's about, on my right side, four or five diagonal parking spaces. And the last vehicle in the parking space is a big giant white panel van like big chevy 3500 van and so this thing darts out in front bmw x5 i think and instead of going right through the intersection he stops right in the middle and i should back up and say i've got right of way he's got a stop sign yeah so the problem was i i've got nowhere to go so my immediate reaction is push left on the bars. I cross the double yellow and I eventually just panic and I grab the front brake. I go down and my bike ends up on the front left wheel. I'm under the driver's side door. Big, massive impact. 
I have this big, like, strange moment. Like, the impact feels like a big wave of heat that travels up from your feet all the way up into your head. Hmm. So and, you're conscious for all Oh, this. I'm conscious for the wow. whole thing. So after about a minute or so, I realize I'm not moving. And there's someone tapping on my shoulder and talking to me. And I don't really know what they're saying, but I, I'm screaming angry. And I'm in another state. Adrenaline's pumping. So I can't really tell you what was going through my head other than I was pissed. Right. And eventually I start to calm down a little bit. And I talk to people that are around me and I say, okay, what's, what's happening to me? Where am I? What happened? And they're like, okay, you're underneath the car. And I said, okay, where's the driver? And I said, oh, he's still in the vehicle. And I'm like, I want to talk to him. Please let me talk to him. He never got out, so I, I've never, I've never. Met so you're under his car, and he's just staying inside. He's not yeah. come out to check. He's probably on, on the phone with his lawyer wow. or some shit. <laughs> I, I can't speculate on what was going through his head. He, he was probably just panicked. But I, I think I was going around 35. That that would be my guess. All right. I mean, not even fast. Like, and that was enough to be a serious hit. We have a question about the injury is is how I should back up and say I'm paralyzed. I'm I'm in a wheelchair. So my my neck broke at C5 C4 C5 C6 I'm right in there. So the operation caged that whole area in my neck. But uh still understanding how the injury happened is kind of a fuzzy thing because having had low sides before. Mhm. It's not something you would expect to have a neck injury from so hitting the car is what i would think would cause it right <clears throat> hey megan tap the couch see if he'll jump up. he's every time he i won't. try to pick him up he's like been trying to really for 20 time. minutes hold on yes he he, he runs he's away crying. every yeah. time he's a little scared <laughs> jump 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 don't worry adam i'll edit this out <laughs> fix it in post we got to take care of bosley it's down that's it Stay put, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sit. Go. Sit. Sit. There you go. Lay down. Good dog. I'm not giving you any more cases. So some speculations from some racers that I've talked to is yeah. that there's a lot of mass in your head. So when you when you decelerate quickly and you hit an object, it's possible that just the the mass of your head could compress your spine enough. So it's the inertia. To pop it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, wow. were there other injuries to your body? No. Wow. I mean, I had I had a road rash on my knees. I was fully geared up, but I mean, that's all I had. Mm. So you kind of just like took basically took a nosedive into the car, like almost perpendicular. Your head. Well, I mean, I would have t-boned it had I not low sided. Right. Okay. But <clears throat> the bike went down on the left side, mm -hmm. and I've got pictures of the accident. I think I posted on the forum. But when you look at the scene there's there's a big drag line from where the bike went down all the way underneath underneath the suv mm -hmm. and then the way i was positioned as i was about i would think chest underneath underneath the left side of the of the suv on your okay. back on my back okay. yeah hmm. and so um first responders people coming were you, were you instructing people what to do you still had that state of mind like, yes don't i was telling people off. don't don't touch me don't move don't move me can i do i have legs can you see right. my legs or what's going on there and i've got to say the the first responders were amazing yeah. absolutely amazing and 
I, I, I wish I knew which firehouse that came from, but there was one woman who just was there the entire time next to me, talking to me, telling me everything I needed to know, everything I asked. She was there with an answer. Yeah. Did and you, I, I really thank her for that. I wish I knew her name. Was uh, Did you experience any pain at all? Or was there just one of, aside from that? Surprisingly, no. No. It Surprisingly, was just like, no. Okay. So you're pretty calm throughout this. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I was, I was angry. I was by being angry. like yeah. rip shit pissed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I was calm in the sense is how calm you could be in that situation, but right, there was no pain, and I kept breathing the entire time. Mm-hmm. You didn't. We weren't slipping in and out of consciousness at all. No, I never no, lost just, consciousness in yeah. that surprising way. Yeah. Sounds like you didn't hit your head or anything, though. No, I'm lucky. I'm yeah. very lucky. Yeah. No, I didn't have a brain injury. I guess it's just one of those things. Just hitting it just right you know i mean lucas yeah, fell on his butt it's amazing yeah. you didn't break more um you know what if you're gonna be dumb you gotta be tough <laughs> <So>. <laughs> i guess that's a good motto <laughs> we, we did we've done enough dirt riding for me to learn how to fall off a bike and not break shit so, so now now that we've established that you are quadriplegic Correct. Yes, I'm a, a C4, C5 quad. Which so that, that that brings it back to why I want the uh, the Polaris right. slingshot. Which doesn't mean that you're completely immobile. You have no. So basically, I should give an example of of, of what I look like. So uh, you're a sharp dressed man. That's what you look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my! I, I think you're, the, the suit and tie. Yeah, no kidding. This. The suit and tie has a nice look. That that's probably worth more than my entire wardrobe. Much <laughs> <laughs> it's like jeans and t-shirt, and like a sock. For, for our listeners, he's wearing like a super badass, you know, like dark pinstripe. gray pinstripe suit <laughs> and uh, some uh, nice leather uh, loafers. I do have long walks uh, on the and beach a, and a nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you a dog person too? <laughs> so, uh, so now we established he's a quadriplegic. I so, want to just tell a joke. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no. no, I've been waiting for this. I want to hear it. It's a good one. No, go ahead and finish oh, it. I want to hear it. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was doing a lot of research about uh, what it means to be quadriplegic and what you go through, and then I found this really sick website, all quadriplegic jokes, and one of them made me laugh. <laughs> the worst Why is that? Totally right yeah, now. There, there must have been so many better ones. Last night, it's actually nice being right here in downtown Santa Cruz. Last night, I went downtown to go see this quadriplegic juggler. Yeah. Uh, uh, was he any good? Not really. He kept <laughs> dropping the quadriplegics. That's just like saying I'm switching to a vegetarian Dump. diet, but they're too stringy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I got an eye roll from Adam that made me proud. Can, can we add like a like a like? Did, did you hear about the cannibal that went through the forest and passed his friend? No. <laughs> what? What happened? Past his friend. Oh, as in like a poop joke? There oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we go. There we go. Dramatic suspense. Uh, okay, yeah. just bring it back. Oh, all right. Jeffrey okay. Dahmer. So, you guys are dumb. Adam, uh, <laughs> when I was reading your story on the bar forum, and one thing that really struck me is 
after your accident, I guess it had been a few months, you, you posted there, hey, I just wanted to tell everyone, you know, where I've been for the last couple of months. I know I haven't posted anything. Mm. And you said, you know, I've been in an accident and, and this is what happened. Um, and then at the end, you said, I just hope you'll let me remain uh, a part of the community, the, the motorcycling community on BARF. And that really struck me um, because everyone here knows what when you do get into this world what an amazing community it is how people will stop on the side of the road to help you you don't have to know them um and just how you can just bond with somebody i mean there's no other reason lucas and i are friends that's not true we both like point and click adventure games yeah. <laughs> no but you find your friends through community which is really cool um so uh, tell us a story of how the community uh, came, you know, how, how they responded to your post and, and to your situation. Well, you know, it starts a little earlier than that post, surprisingly. So a lot, not a lot of people know this part of the story, but in the hospital, uh, I was in the ICU for, I think, about a month. Mother says more. Okay. So, uh, this is, I woke up after a big, massive drug psychosis of, of just being in a horrible place, horrible place. And I really have to stress how terrible being in the hospital can be for someone when they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Injury sucks, of course, but recovery is tougher. Recovery is really where people need support in my mind and i'm just so thankful that i had the people around me that were there so my family was great and we happened to luck out and have this amazing nurse hi shannon uh (laughs) kind of a crazy story so there was one day where my mother was sitting there in the room with me and the nurse who had been the most helpful this whole time began to cry. And if, if you'd like to come in and tell part of the story yourself, that's fine as well. But uh, she Hi, asked her, well, <laughs> why are you crying? And she said, well, my brother rides and it just, it hit me. You know, like, here's another rider. This really just struck a chord with me. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, but... Yeah. Uh, we didn't think much of the connection at that point other than just writer to writer. It, it means something. And the more I talked with her, the more and more it kind of came apparent that there was something more going on there. And I realized that at some point, holy shit, I'm not going to name names here, but uh, she was the sister of my motorcycle mechanic. Oh. oh, wow. Who was also dating at the time my best friend's sister. Huh. Small world, right? Talk about Very community. Small world. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of kept me in the motorcycle world in that, in, that, in that way. Yeah. So by the time I kind of came back on, on the Barrier Riders Forum, I just I was looking for anything to kind of keep hold of my life or, or the life that I had had. And motorcycling was just such a big part of it that I I reached I reached out to the forum and the amazing response that I got changed my life. Like I I say to this day, Barf saved my life. 
the Bay Area Writers Forum saved my life. Yeah, big ups to Budman running that show over there. So I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I think, unfortunately, uh, a longtime member had maybe taken his own life or something beforehand. So the forum was in kind of an upheaval situation, and they kind of rallied behind me in a way that I wasn't prepared for, but I'm so thankful for. And what what I like too is you are still a as as Lucas would say a prominent member of the <laughs> forum, and it's cool to watch the progress of how for the first like year and a half it was a lot of talking about your situation, your progress, what's going on, and then it tapered off to just talking about accessories and just other things. You're just another one of the people on there. It's not about that you're any different than anyone else. Yeah, I mean. Uh- they're my friends. Yeah. I mean, talking with your friends, obviously the first thing, if someone gets in an injury, that's what's, that's going to be the topic of conversation. But, uh, it, it started to become less important to myself and to other people around me. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. I mean, recovery takes a long time, but it's a process where, as long as you put yourself out there, people will be there to respond to that you know yeah yeah so um we were, we were talking earlier about you know i hate to say what could you have done differently but what did you learn from this experience from the crash and from everything you've gone through that you could pass on to somebody else yeah uh, i mean because i imagine you you went through this exercise in your mind like a million times i mean you know of course yeah, yeah. I, i've relived that moment many many times yeah and i have to say my gear obviously saved my life and I'm not going to be a gear Nazi and pontificate on anything like that, but yeah, the gear really, really did save my life. Yeah. What could have done even more would have been riding slower. I mean, 34 isn't that fast, but mm-hmm. in the intersection that I was driving in, it made a difference. It made a big difference. There was a lot of visibility issues. The stop sign that the other driver was dealing with was a good 10 feet from where the intersection started. Mm. So he was approaching that thinking he already stopped at the stop sign and then he could go. I was traveling not thinking about that. I didn't know that. I couldn't see that. And I assumed that since I had right of way, that meant that I'm all good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say make no assumptions. Just because you have right of way doesn't mean anything. You still have to protect yourself. Right. Check left at every green, you know. And also, yeah, right. uh, another big one is well, yeah. just because you have the green light ahead of you, don't assume that making that green light is worth that stop sign to your right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I always say, you know, when you're in a car, you have to worry about you and your car. And when you're on a motorcycle, you have to worry about every other car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just let him go. So, like, um, what was what was like? Would you say is the what, the darkest point in this whole entire recovery process? I mean, I'd, I'd imagine the first year, the first six months, or I mean, your life is completely flipped. You're like, oh shit, now what? Like, I would say drug addiction is the darkest part. Yeah, you you leave the hospital with a false sense of security that your recovery is going to be just exponentially better Mm -hmm. and they send you home with a crate of drugs Mm -hmm. without any education behind how to taper off it yeah which is really a failing of our medical system yeah i don't understand how Mm -hmm. 
I was able to literally have pounds worth of narcotics. Pounds yeah. worth. That, that that that's wrong. Without that, any education, without any education, or any, and mom, yeah. no, nothing for nothing you. for the family oh for anyone God. around me. So, so they just going gave you home, pounds of drugs and slapped you on the ass and said, "Have fun." No, that you're you're joking, but that's literally what it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, totally and it's not like up. it's there. There were pain meds, but like. Um, you weren't really in pain, weren't you? I mean, aside from the, no, the surgery and they did, or like... I was in a fair amount of pain okay. in the hospital. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So they, no, they were deserved right. at the time, but one year out, I still had the same amount of drugs around me. Yeah, mm -hmm. with no education on how I was supposed to taper off them. Yeah. So two years out, I was realizing, you know, the pain I'm feeling is not actually pain anymore. Yeah, it's withdrawal. And I'm just taking these pills uh, for the purpose of taking these pills so I yeah. don't feel like crap. So, like, you straight up cold turkey that shit, or like. You, I did. Do? I don't yeah. advise that, but I did. Yeah. Wow. That's a rough process, isn't it? Damn, and dude. how long did that process take? Like, I think two, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, like, getting all nauseous and throwing up? Well, I, I was. I basically told my mother, don't give me any. I'm going to be in a shitty place. Just. Don't give me uh, any. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, mean, I spent that time shivering in my bed, sweating. Yeah, I was going to say, and, as a quadriplegic, your body is no longer able to control its own temperature. So going through something like that, which already is throwing everything out of whack, is there more consideration to um, how do you, how do you, how does somebody look after you? I, you know, <clears throat> that must be It really takes hard. a lot of takes a lot of assistance from other people yeah yeah so i'm i'm very helpful for sorry I'm, I'm very thankful for the help that i receive from my family and from my friends around me was that was that reaching out initially difficult <laughs> i mean it's like leave me alone i want to be in my space and it, at one point you realize holy shit this is a bad place i need help or how, how did that work i think out? it's it's i've always been a little bit more confident about what happened to me than I think some other people are, mm -hmm. but reaching out is always hard. Yeah, there's a little bit of shame that comes with injury, which should not be there, but there's, but it's always there. Yeah. So if if you get in a major injury, you you have trouble talking about it with someone because you don't really understand it yourself. Mm -hmm. And. So I read when Nock and I were talking about trying to get you to come down and interview, I had read the thread a while ago and um, I did see someone who is um, also a quad quadriplegic did reach out to you on the thread. Did you find other people that were in your situation? Did that help? I, I saw some comment like I know exactly what you're going through. This happened to me five to ten years ago contact me if you need help like was that a part of it at all i just remember seeing surprisingly, that surprisingly i didn't actually mm -hmm. meet up with many quadriplegics mm -hmm. or or paras mm -hmm. until much later okay and it wasn't a conscious thing mm -hmm. it's it's i'm actually glad you brought that up yeah i just i just i saw someone had written that and they said you know if you need any help with anything let me know i've been through this you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of an irresponsible quad when it comes down to it. I know so, I know so little about my own injury mm -hmm. that 
I really should investigate it more. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where y- you gravitate towards the people that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Sure. So if, if someone reaches out and says, hey, I'm also a quad. Hey, I'm also a para. I'm happy to help you out with this or that. And you're in a in your a point in your life where you haven't really accepted it yet. You're you're gonna yeah. have trouble reaching out. Yeah, I would say I probably would have benefited from it, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about <clears throat> insurance because this is something that I've been thinking more about. Um, I know for all my bikes, I just automatically say, just give me the cheapest insurance. Um, and I think I, I don't know how everyone else here is, but I've never really looked into or really considered what my coverage is. Um, were you underinsured or did, had you had enough yeah, insurance? Yeah, I was underinsured. And that, that's, that, that was, I'm very lucky that I did not get just ruined in my life. So you had what was required by law. And yeah, I mean, it, okay. it, it's one of those things that I think that if you don't have medical insurance, you don't belong on a bike. I'm very lucky to have had medical insurance because mm-hmm. my employer was a very, very right. good company. Had I not had medical insurance, I mean, my, my medical bill was, I think, a million dollars on the first day of the operation. Oh, shit. More. 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 Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, more. So just the operation, the trauma operation. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, you're that's your commute. You could easily just incur that kind of a financial issue on your commute. Yeah. Because that's what I was. I wasn't I wasn't a racer. I wasn't a, a, a street racer. I was a commuter. That's yeah. all I did. So you would recommend that people raise their insurance <laughs> of course. coverage then? Yeah. <clears throat> of course, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a mode of transportation that's can be, that's amazingly convenient and it's fun and it's and it's enjoyable, but you have to take responsibility every time you put your leg over that bike and realize that you're putting yourself in enough danger to warrant the expense of the insurance. Yeah. Right. And and I, I was talking to you earlier about how one of the reasons I wanted you on here, too, is you represent what I think all of us are afraid of. We don't think about it. We don't face it, that this could happen to any of us. And a big part of that risk that we take affects our family you know your mother's here and she's had to step up and that's what family does of course not of course and i don't want this to be a doom and gloom episode i mean i'm in a very no. good place in my life and right i'm happy to be here and talk about it but because this is something that motorcyclists should know and should talk about that's what we're trying to see what we can take from that and pass on as lessons to everyone so I know, um, so usually the first year is really hard, and that's a point when you're really discovering who you are now and what your life is going to be. So you're four years out, and where are you now, you know, and and also what's the future hold? What are you... Because I started finding quadriplegics riding motorcycles. There's all these YouTube videos. It's you know, amazing. It's, it's really cool. Here she it's goes. so cool. <laughs> the, the things that people are doing now... It's it's really inspiring. There's there's a number of paras I've seen that are racing. Yeah. I remember seeing a video on YouTube where there's uh what did he have? Oh, there's a guy with There's a guy with no one legs arm and, and one, one arm. Leg. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's another para who has kind of an outrigger system on the back of his bike yeah, that drops that. down when he drops under 10 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was really He cool. uses an electric shifter. Um 
what else have I seen? There's, I don't particularly Even, like this vehicle myself, but it looks like a carriage. Hmm. It looks like a like a Wayne or something where there's uh, this poor BMW R1200 <laughs> out front and this big tumorous growth on the back of it that you drive into with your wheelchair. I wouldn't drive that myself, but uh, I've, I've seen bikes with sidecars that you roll your wheelchair into. I would, you to- operate, I would rock a you operate the, the motorcycle from the sidecar on your, in your wheelchair. Yeah, that's that's, pretty that's a great example. I would love to have like a Ural or a Dnepr or whatever. Yeah. Who's that one dirt rider who Doug, uh, was Doug like something. paralyzed and they like clipped him into his bike or something? It was in the next chapter. It was on any Sunday. Yeah. It was, I can't remember the guy's last name. Well, but he I, heard, has a I big... heard that they like kicked him out of the competitive sport because he was like so much faster because he didn't have any legs or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I found... Made race weight, man. Got to weigh yeah. him down. I, I found other examples and something that we don't realize. It's not just about like strapping yourself in because um, you don't have the upper body to hold Correct. yourself up. Yeah. So I've seen some motorcycles where they actually have a, a molded seat. Yeah, they kind of put a, a turbo Recaro inside the <laughs> the uh, the sidecar, so you're very very held in with the three point strap and all that. And yeah, I recently went to Arizona to try to figure out how I could drive a truck because obviously work before play. Mm-hmm. But the problem that they're experiencing is that there's so few sales that the systems to drive for a quad cost about 90 grand. Hmm. It's a very it's, esoteric it's, system or it's device. It's so well, prohibitive. No volume. Yeah. And there's nothing to cover it. So yeah. the only situations where someone in my position can drive is if they have some sort of worker's comp situation where mm. they can afford this ridiculously expensive system. Yeah. I think I have to wait a long time before I can drive again, which is sad, but it's a reality. Yeah. But the technology is happening. Oh, it's definitely happening. And and there's no reason I should stop looking. And there's no reason anyone out there should stop looking. Um, It's just right now, it hasn't happened yet. um, A separate question here. Um, Relationships with other riders and, and friends that you were, you know, you've had how how did that change because it i know it didn't, it didn't. okay because like i know you you participate in the barf rallies and you come out and you bring us the bomb ass fucking pulled pork barbecue <laughs> shit that was amazing for uh, pride and then uh, you went out to hawthorne and you did barbecue there too and and so it didn't change it was just no no, no. because because the moto community is is that good yeah i mean it's a group of people that it doesn't seem to matter who you are. Yeah. As long as you ride, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Boss, sorry. sorry. I can't get him to stop. It's not, it's not Lucas farting. His <laughs> snores just get stronger and stronger. We've been shaking him and he just keeps... <laughs> he just gets louder every time. Yeah. It's like no, every I'll, time I'll be honest. I have had more support from the moto community. Mm-hmm than I ever, ever expected. Yeah. I posted up that thread saying, hey, this is what happened to me, and I got an outpouring of support. And out- I could not respond to the amount of posts that I got. Didn't they help yeah. you buy your bed? Yeah, yeah I, I, they bought me a bed. Wow. <laughs> what were you expecting? I, I, was, I was expecting, like, oh, hey, that's a cool story, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool story, bro. Trolling. <laughs> I crashed, too. Should All right. Trolling, yeah. yeah. 
No, but what what I got was literally lifelong friends. That, yeah. That's what I got from that thread. Yeah. I, I There was... Uh, literally anything I, I would say, I was met with, here's how we'll solve that problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... <laughs> oh, oh my god this dog. first example is my, my bike was stored in my friend's garage and I, I needed to move it yeah people i didn't know and had never met showed up with a flatbed truck and took that bike and stored it for a year and a half how how much damage did the bike take surprisingly not as much as you think i mean the frame was a little tweaked but I actually ended up gifting that bike to the person who stored it. Mm-hmm. She's a saint. I love her to death. I hope she rebuilds it because I'd love to see that bike on the road because it's this, beautiful. Is this Gwen? It is. Yeah. We need to have her on her show. She's super cool, man. <laughs> She's super cool. Yeah. Maybe she needs to uh, come down here and let us help her get that bike going. Yeah, totally. Oh. Bring that fucker back. The Adam Special. Yeah, totally. <laughs> see, I wanted to turn it into a dirtbag bike. Well, ah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Wow. That's right. The dirt bag too. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. So, so are you still cooking? You know, I cook through other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. <laughs> we should back up. We should back up. I I used to be a line cook. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. Fine dining line cook in San Francisco. Yeah, it's it's now it's a hobby, which is good. My main thing that I do now is I have my own company, and we we. Uh, I'm not sure how much I can say because we're not, uh, we don't have a patent yet, but uh, <laughs> it's an agricultural application for drones. And oh, cool. it's, it's, I'm not sure how, we have <laughs> to totally edit that bad out. Ass. There you go. Edit it's it out. That's cool. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm exploring aerial filming, okay, a cool. lot of industrial applications for agriculture with drones. That's that's as much as I can say right there now. There you go. I wish I could, I wish I could say more, but. Basically, a barfer and I started this company up together. Cool. cool. Have you had an opportunity to reach out to other people who are newer to the world of uh, quadriplegic or, 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 you know, who've had an no, accident? No, no, and I wish I How could. How has that not happened? <laughs> there, was, there was one guy who... How have you not become an advocate with everything you learned going through that? Because you don't get the exposure to it. Yeah. I feel that there's too many people that just disappear yeah. after yeah. their injury. And I there's the ROTM forum that started after my crash. And I have it's to give on the mend, major... Right? Yeah, writers yeah. on the mend. I have to give major kudos to Dennis Budman on, on the Barrier mm-hmm. Writers Forum for, for making that happen. But it's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm glad that there's not many injuries happening in the forum. Mm-hmm. But I'm also worried and suspect that that's just because they're not posting up. Yeah. I can understand what you feel like, you know, with the shame. They just don't want any attention. Yeah, look who's talking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You just kind of withdraw inwards, you know, and it's like you don't want anyone to know. So, Which is wrong. Yeah. So, honestly, if there's anyone out there right now who's had an injury, a major injury, don't bottle it up reach out because that will change your life yeah. much more than you can do yourself. How about this? The the chances are better that somebody listening to this podcast knows somebody who's going through what you went through. Truly. How truly. can they 
What can they do? How can they help them? I would say just subtly try and connect them with good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, mo- moto people understand. I mean, I, I, I received so much support. And it wasn't because of who I was so much as so much as who I represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was every writer. I was I was the worst case scenario for any situation that all of us face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that strikes a chord. Yeah. Well, no, I will say yours was not the worst case. I think brain injury is the worst case. No, no, you're right. I'll back up. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because we have friends who have gone through that. You even though your your body has limited you and I didn't know you before, but I, I could, you know, be, even though you're in a wheelchair, I can sit here and talk about motorcycles a day with you. You're still the same person. In, no, you're, in your, you're in your very body. right. I'm, I'm actually one of the lucky ones to not have a brain injury. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you have a lot of hate towards the world or, or just the situation when, when you're part of the healing or part of the, the phases of just realizing what your situation is? Or is that something you just kind of like said, no, this is not a good path? Well, Anger is always a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I was a very angry person for about a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't targeted. It wasn't, I was angry towards this, that, or the other. It was yeah. It was just, I was a very, very upset person. Obviously, yeah. right. that's going to happen. Totally. But I, I was always reaching out for the next step, the next piece of whatever my life was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what's what's in terms of healing? What have research have you done in terms of uh, in terms of like uh, stem cell or, or some kind of uh, futuristic mobility type thing or power armor? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it, it'll come to that point. Oh. I think we'll be living in that in that era where that might be a, 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 an avenue of, of, of you know. It's gonna have you like know, I'm some... very hopeful for that. Yeah, and it's it's not something that's happening right now. Right. It's it's one of those things where you have to understand what's realistic. Yeah. I try and maintain my body as best I can so that when something revolutionary comes out, I'll be in good enough shape to take advantage of it. Right. But I haven't seen anything that can cure quadriplegia. Mm-hmm. There's nothing yet that can cure my ailment. Right. I just need to make sure that when that happens, my body is ready to accept that. Yeah. And that means taking care of yourself. I think it's 90% mental. And that's what you've been keeping strong. Mm -hmm. It's being prepared for that. And and knowing that something may come along. Uh, Antonio, did you have a question or comment? Oh, yeah. Hey, um, so let me frame this question real quick. Um, thank you. Uh, there was uh, uh, one particular injury that I went through one time. I smashed up my right foot and, and leg a little bit. And about eight months later, I was lying on the couch looking at the ceiling uh, with a lot of time on my hands. And I was thinking, um, at that time, I was just riding dirt and, and riding street, and I never raced before. Um, and that got me thinking, you know, when I, as soon as I can start throwing a leg over a motorcycle again, I'm going to finally start racing. And I did. Um, that said, how was your passion for life before this incident? And then after your recovery, how was your passion for life afterwards? And, and I have a second question that, that I'll, I'll leave for afterwards. 
Okay. So passion before life and after life. Sorry, sorry. Before, <laughs> before, before accident, after, after yeah. accident. Um, so I was very, very single-minded. I was a, a, a culinary... We are foodie snob. Foodie snob. So my main focus in life was just forwarding my career, and that yeah. was all I was doing. So my passion was very strong in one area. After the accident, I was very lost for about, I would say, six months or a year. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I tried to parlay my former life into whatever I was going to do afterwards. Uh, it's good. It's good that I had that passion from beforehand because I was able to take that drive and, and just push it into whatever I came across. And I made a number of mistakes. I'm not going to say I just immediately had success in whatever I did. No, not at all. I, I took that energy and I put it into anything I approached. And I had a number of misguided attempts at things, but that's obviously the right thing to do. You have to take that energy of just try something, do something, do anything. Because lying in a bed, popping pills is the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. That sounds pretty good to Lucas. Good. So it sounds like your, your passion had a lot of grit to carry it through that as well. So. <clears throat> you guys are dicks. <laughs> Lucas, I love you. <laughs> see, see, notice how Adam has said precisely zero shitty things to me. <laughs> he doesn't have he to hang out with you. on barf, you know. Oh, no, just, no. He knows he gets to leave after this. I used to be Lucas. <laughs> He'll pick it up. He'll start saying some shit. Uh, Antonio, you had a follow The second question that I have is, yeah. uh, how excited are you about the Google self-driving car technology and, and related? I am incredibly excited if they didn't make it look like a Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> They gotta do that. So you gotta make it look friendly, like so. Like when you step inside, it doesn't look like it'll murder you. You know, I mean, it's just this cute little inoffensive car that takes. Just make it look like the Batmobile, and I'll drive. (laughs) Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I had a question. Um, I when I was just reading through, I was really impressed with the fact that you. Lucas, you done? Lucas. <laughs> With the fact that h- how active you stayed, I mean, you, you, I saw you at Dirtbag. Um, it's not, you've gone to the bar rallies. Was there ever a point when you got just frustrated or bitter, and it was like I don't even want to see a motorcycle or hear a motorcycle no. or anything? That's that's no, cool because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I I love motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And I, I will ride again at some point yeah, in my life. That's really cool. And that, I, that I, doesn't matter what that vehicle is. Mm-hmm. Love I motorcycles need, I, I will. and hate SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sadly, I have an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go through life without a little bit of irony, you know. That's well, just how it is. Yeah, right. No, I will drive again. Mm-hmm. I will ride again. Obviously, it's going to take a little while. Yeah. But I really hope that someday there will be some sort of therapy or some sort of surgery that allow me to be on a bike again mm-hmm. because yeah. bike because bikes were such a major part of my life i mean it was part of my identity i can't give yeah. that up totally yeah. that that's cool because i think a lot of people if they get hurt they can get wound up and getting really bitter yeah. and uh push away what led them to getting hurt and in this case that could have been motorcycles yeah. there I are think. a lot of dilettantes in riding specifically specifically for that reason like they ride yeah. a year or two years and then they finally have like a major get off mm-hmm. and then they're just like you know fuck this and they give yeah. up yeah yep so 
it take it's like you got to have big balls in order to keep going with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, well, I I really appreciate you coming down and sharing your story. And of course, I'm glad to be here. I've, I'm actually a listener of the podcast, so it's kind of cool awesome. to see the garage. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime you want to come down, we're down here every Sunday. You saw Proper. what it's like. There was about two people working on stuff and about 18 people <laughs> shooting the shit. <laughs> Shoving burritos in their face. You know, we, we do motorcycle stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I'm if you ever want, I, I'm sure we could, we'd be willing to try and bungee cord you to the back of a bike. <laughs> you know, it's been yeah. discussed. Bungee cords kind of scare me. We can use uh, Tide all this. Do you think you'd be able to ride Pillion? No, not we. We've thought about it with a gold wing. We thought about it with. The, there's really a situation where I have no upper body strength, so I can't yeah. keep myself stable. You know, dude, without, in a bucket, bar. bucket seat with a five point harness. Mm-hmm. So the best yeah. situation we've come up with is a sidecar with a kind of like turbo Recaro seat in it. Mm-hmm. So there's gold wings with platforms as a side hack. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, podcast land, if you got a hookup for uh, for Adam to you know get back on two three wheels, maybe holler at us. Maybe we'll get you we'll something going something. here. You know, we'll come you know up where you something. can reach us at. You know where you can reach us at. <laughs> Tell us. At- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> where can you reach us, Megan? At Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. On Facebook, Redash Cycle Santa Cruz. Uh, our website, motorcyclesandmisfits.com. And the phone number that I. Never remember. 831 291 5112. Order pizza. And can I give my true up the butt bike? Oh, my true yeah. up the butt bike? Yeah, true up the butt bike. Oh no! Oh no! What? <laughs> why, why, why are you worried? Because you're pausing. Why? There's usually something horrible after. I'm giving pause. the pause of respect. Okay. CB 1100 R. Yeah. Moto Sanctuary version. Oh, dude, I know exactly. Oh my what you're God, not come here and give me a kiss. I, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. This shit is the bomb, son. So beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking it's a good it up business. right now. Um, I'll have to check that. out. So I have some quick announcements to make before we punch out of here. Um, first of all, earlier this week I did a recording with the Pace Podcast. They did a roundtable, and I was a part of that. Shout out to Joanne Dunn. What's up, girl? This she wasn't not... on it. No, Fear really? Wait, what? No. <laughs> no? What happened? No. <laughs> no, she had to work. Oh, shit. Yeah, but it's a good good podcast. We talked about mods and accessories, and of course, I insisted on Milk Crate being on that list. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> sturdy, what about the functional, stick? and aerodynamic. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's the most useful tool at the garage. <laughs> um, and also, uh, we're ramping up to start promoting the the Tin Butt 200 is coming up April 4th, and this is a rally. We decided it's actually not going to be a race. Um, we think it's an achievement enough to do a 200-mile <laughs> loop on under 200cc motorcycles and scooters, and we spent a lot of time to come up with the perfect um, route that's very scenic going through Carmel. It's really nice. So uh, you don't want people to race and miss it. Um, or do you also get busted for like criminal conspiracy? I think if you're organizing a huge race like that. 
Well, it's not a race, dog. I mean, it's, it's a, race a race at the speed limit because you can't really go yeah, much over it. Yeah, it's not like it, you're so. speeding. Or <laughs> <laughs> not with a 200. We just thought it'd be nicer for people to be riding in a group, and you know, it just takes one Grom to show up to ruin the race for everyone. So, <laughs> so we're just gonna have it be a rally. So, if anyone has any uh, under 200 cc motorcycles or scooters, April 4th down here in Santa Cruz, we're gonna be doing an awesome ride. We may be doing like a, the faster group and the and the the slower group you know um but we'll be promoting that uh more i just wanted to get that out there douglas are there any other rides coming up that you can think of no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have the our ride. we have the vampires mc uh pie day ride it's it's march 14th uh, Saturday, March 14th in Santa Cruz. Um, mm, pie. That's right. Yeah, we're going to meet in Santa Cruz at Recycle Where's Garage, the and then we're going to ride to uh, Giz Ditch. Giz Ditch Ranch yeah. <laughs> to eat pie. And then we'll do some riding, you know, somewhere. Yeah. So there'll be more information as that as that comes comes through. Cool. I like the Ulala Berry. Ulala Berry pie. Ulala Berry. So, I like the cream pies from Giz Ditch. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, I think I think you broke Luke. <laughs> 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 it's kind of funny though, especially when he I love I love it when Luke is loose as his shit because he's just completely Yeah, but it's not it. it's not the it's not the good laugh. Yeah. No. No, I'm like I'm like too I can't even breathe, so I'm just kind of like I can't breathe. Just like vibrating. <laughs> On that note, Let's wrap this up. Again, thank you for coming out, and especially thank you <laughs> yeah, to man, everyone really for it. listening. Mm -hmm. That said, this is Liza. Doug. Jake. David. This is Knock. Stan. Josh. Megan. Jistic. Otherwise, it was Lucas. God. Antonio. Jim. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Zach. And we out. <laughs> I like how Adam's mom goes oh. and I want to be part of this at all. <laughs> I don't blame her, you guys. Jesus. So cool. <laughs>